are listening to the Jersey Guys Podcast, the show that talks about hard rock, heavy metal, AOR, and West Coast music. In-depth conversation and special guests are always on tap, so settle in and turn it up. Now, here are your hosts, Tom and Mark. Hey everybody, welcome to the Jersey Guys Podcast. This is Mark Ballow and I'm here with my co-host Tom Coyne as always. And today we're back with a brand new episode and we're going to be talking about the band Treat from Sweden. This is one Tom brought up and uh, we've done, if you followed our along with our uh, our episodes, we early on we did a, uh, a discography discussion on the band Europe, of course, another Swedish band. And uh, Tom brought this band up, Treat, uh, because he's a big fan of them and... Uh, so we thought we would do a treat discography. So, uh, Tom, what, uh, what's, uh, why did you want to do the treat discography? Well, kind of on the heels of Europe, I wanted to do it a while ago, and I think we put it on the back burner because they were working on a new album, and uh, I wanted to include that album when we finally did the discography, and That's the right. album finally dropped uh, about, a, I guess, about a month ago. Yeah. Yep. So um, we put it back on the. Uh, the front burner to uh, to finally do it because we did do uh, Europe back last late summer, I guess. Yeah, one of my favorite bands uh, of uh, of the eighties. Yeah, and uh, they've resurrected their career. Well, I find it interesting because we did the the Europe discography, and when we did them, obviously Europe was a band that you know started out in the eighties and did a, a period up through the the early 90s right and then they kind of you know not to say they broke up but they kind of went their separate ways and then ended up coming back in was it 2004 or so with uh with the start from the dark album oh, four, yeah and it was like then it was their their resurrection their the new era of europe and it's funny because if you look at treat another swedish band kind of the same trajectory right i mean here's a band that started their debut album came out in 1985 couple different singers or one different singer along the way they basically play up until 1993 and then they kind of go their separate ways and end up coming back in was it 2010 and have now started kind of the second half of their career in a way right yeah well they got back together what was called the classic uh lineup from uh organized crime that that was kind of the lineup that those guys all got together uh when they brought in jamie borger on drums and um, Patrick Applegren on keyboards. So they put that lineup back together, which, like I said, has always been looked at as the classic lineup, even though it two, the, the guitar player and the singer are the original members. But everybody wants to see Jamie Borger on drums. Yeah. Applegren has always been big contributor, not only keyboards, but backup vocals and songwriting. Uh, they've cut through some different bass players, but they've... Uh, totally resurrected their career uh firing on all eight cylinders on on all of their recent albums from 2010 which we will uh till forward and uh we'll go over every one of them right yeah. now i guess yeah well I, it's interesting because I, I i look at the band treat and then I, I think about the band europe 
you know, two Swedish bands, obviously. Um, but I, I think when I think of Europe and I look at their sound, we did the discography discussion on them. Europe is a band that has kind of their roots, even though they were very keyboardy, they had the great look, obviously, you know, it was like the Swedish Bon Jovi or whatever, you know, they had the great look with the band in the eighties, but they're a band that if you look at their music, even the earlier stuff, it was, it started out, it kind of had that almost like, um, neoclassical little like Yngwie-ish sound on the early album. Yeah, well, they they're ve- they were very influenced by Rainbow and Deep Purple. Ra- well, yeah, you got the yeah. classic bands like yeah. Rainbow, Deep Purple, Thin Lizzy, right, yeah. that were like the influence. But when you look at a band like Treat, you would say, oh, you know, another Swedish band from the 80s, maybe they have a similar sound. To me, Treat always had a very different sound than Europe. Uh, Treat was, to me, was very, they were a Swedish band but they were very Americanized in their sound, uh, almost to yes. the point of like they sounded to me like almost like a Sunset Strip band from the eighties. The the first album, the yes. first the, the yeah. early material, yeah. right? The first album, yeah. The first album, definitely. I mean, we could since we're talking about that, we could start off with yeah. The well, let's album, start with that. That's Scratch the Scratch and Bite album from nineteen eighty five. So what? Yeah, I mean, it had. If you look, yeah, they they definitely had the look, the sound of more of a USA. Hate to use the term, but I will hairband. Right. Um, no, it's it's a hairband sound for yeah. sure. There's there's nothing wrong with saying that. That's that's what they sound. I just like. hate the sound, the, the, the term because that yeah. term didn't exist back in the day. It's kind of like was a derogatory term, right? Uh, coined like in the the two thousands. An Americanized Bon Jovi type of sound. The quizity had the keyboards even on the first album. The first album is is good. I. I Relived it a little bit today, even though I I knew most of it, you know, from back in the day. Uh, it's it's good. It's an infancy album. Like you know, we've done so many discographies and talked about so many bands, and it's pretty much always the same thing with a with a great am- amount of these bands. The first album is kind of like the introduction. Yeah, their their sound matured and got better with you know pretty much every album after that in my opinion well like let's go to the second album because it wasn't that long after a year later 1986 they come out with their second album which is the the pleasure principle and i know this is a big favorite of yours right yeah it is a really really strong album it it was i thought a big step up from the the debut it it started they started to get more of that european flavor i thought you know the the there were more keyboards uh bigger choruses that that more european style the stuff that we've grown to become accustomed to from like um skagarak Mm -hmm. dalton da vinci madison like that that real Euro sound of those bands. That's why they really uh, started to go more in that direction with the real catchy songs on this. Um, Waiting Game, Love Stroke, Caught in the Line of Fire. There's a lot of good stuff on here. There's really nothing that's weak on it. It was a huge step up, I thought, from the from the first album to the second album. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's interesting because here's a band that's on... In Europe, but they're on Mercury Records, so yes. they're, they're a major label band right mm-hmm. out, out the gate. Yeah, they 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 were, I, and they really did not get much play or anything in in the states. I mean, it was only because I hung out in a record store that used to get all the European magazines in mm-hmm. that we would really get turned on to this. But if you just bought USA 
hard rock and metal magazines at the time. You know, this type of stuff, like I said, the Daltons and Skagorax treats of the world kind of got glossed over completely. But um, I got turned on to them pretty early just from the fact of having exposure to, you know, metal forces and rock report and, and all those better European magazines. But this this was a terrific record and it kind of set the stage for that, like I said, that with that European melodic hard rock sound with the uh, the catchy, chanty yes, verses. Yeah. That to me is, I think, what kind of made them, to me, sort of more Americanized right. sounding for some reason. Right. Well, they still had that the, on that the, style. this album, but it, it was it was a little more European sounding than the than the debut. Yeah. I, like I said, this it was lukewarm on the first album. I always was. I didn't think it was anything great. It, it's good. It's not bad. The second album was was real good though. Well, now they they basically are are in rapid succession because eighty five is the debut, eighty six is the Pleasure Principle, and nineteen eighty seven the next year comes along and they release Dream Hunter. Um, what do you think about that album? Dream Hunter t- to me was even a- another step up because I at this point I think they really had an identifiable treat sound. Uh, I love the keyboard sound on this album. The keyboards were more in the mix, more up front, kind of like a Pretty Maids, the way Pretty Maids from the beginning on kept adding more and more keyboards, which unfortunately they didn't stay with all the time, but <laughs> it's another story. Um, this has some of their greatest songs on it. Uh, Soul Survivor, Take Me On Your Wings, Outlaw, World of Promises. They're That's four of their song. best songs yeah. on here. But the whole album is terrific. All 10 songs are excellent, but it, it contains some of the best songs to this day that they've ever recorded. This is this is very high on the list. Again, it, it was at a time when there was more and more of these bands. Uh, the band China started mm. to become on the forefront, same type of sound. Yeah, can't say enough about this album, really. It's a great, great album. So we move along from Dream Hunter and we go to 1989 and now we have Organized Crime. Uh, this is an album that to me, and I, I'm in listening to it recently, I went back, I revisited their catalog and I think this album, for whatever reason, was, and I talked about this, how they, they didn't really sound like Europe, the band Europe, uh, but I think on Organized Crime, to me, that was probably the most Europe sounding totally that, the, that they ever got. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, this was also a big shakeup in their camp. The only two original members that were left with uh, Robert and uh, and Wickstrom, the guitar player, and they really upped the the playing by bringing in Jamie Borger, who some people may know from Talisman, right? Um, and um, they brought in Applegren on keyboards, who's really talented guy. And uh, Joe Lawson on bass. So there was, a, there was a big upheaval in their camp. Three a change of a number of guys in the band. And I agree with you on this because the biggest difference was they went from the the, the real chimey type of keyboards to the uh, Hammond organ, yes, deep purple sound. Yeah, really to the forefront. As a, in fact, if you listen to this album, there's. A couple and a couple of different songs there are John Lord runs that Apple Grin plays yeah. on purpose. There, there's you know there's if you listen there's there's parts of Deep Purple songs he just throws in there and he's not ripping them off. He's just you know trying yeah. to be clever and 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 it was it worked really good. I, I 
adore this record from the day it came out. I remember when it first hit Zigzag Records, uh, I was waiting for it, and um, I I love this album. This to me was their, they had hit perfection with this because it had one of at the time one of the best produ- productions on it. Production was massive on this album for that time. Yeah. You know, there's there's been more you know uh, albums that maybe even surpassed it. Was there a named uh, producer on that album? Anybody? Uh, big? Yeah, the guys that I'm not familiar with, Peter. Kowski and Andy One okay. um, were the producers on it. It just had a tremendous sound on it. And I, I loved every song on it except for uh, Party All Over, which I was yes. never a fan of. And I never understood why they put that as a second song. That should have yeah. been buried, you know, as a bonus track. <laughs> or But that's my own personal opinion. I have seen people on Facebook that claim that they love that song, so... Maybe it's me. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, that's that, I definitely agree. Uh, but with my you biggest on that. problem with that is how they put that as a second song on, yeah. on, on a on a magnificent album. Yeah, it, it, the album is so good that it it doesn't it doesn't ruin it for me. Yeah, it's it's like a kind of a total cock rock song, right? And it's like yeah, it's where does where does that come from? You know, yeah, it's, like, it, it's kind of out of character and goofy. But uh, I mean, when you look at songs on this album, like Conspiracy, oh, uh, Stay Away, Heartache, uh, yeah, Give Get You on, on the Run, night. oh my god. Oh yeah, it's yeah, home is where the heart is. Fatal Keep smile. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, there's some great songs in here, and so yeah, to have that one song. Yeah, I, I, like I, a downer. I, again, like you know, just bury it if you know. Don't I put it as a second track? But that's you know, if there's one one thing that screwed up a, a perfect album, <laughs> that, that would have been it. Yeah, no, I agree there. Now it's weird because this is 1989, and you know, you're saying you know, organized crime. This is like their 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 album. It's the best album. The bands arrived. Their their top you know top notch and everything. And like three years goes by and the singer, original singer leaves and they bring in, uh, Matt Slevin. Mm-hmm. People know him from, uh, Candlemas, right? Um, yeah, it's probably, yeah, that's probably one of his earliest things. I'm trying to think Sweet, of Swedish erotica, Swedish erotica. Correct. He was in, yes. um, but he, he, he subsequently went into, you know, he became one of the most used singers Oh yeah, uh, you know he, he had, had a sting with, with Ingve. He had a stint with Ingve. He did a number of those Dog Face albums, right? That were, were very good. Um, he was in oh, a, a, a progressive band out of Sweden too. Yeah, I, I, I can I think can of it too. It but came I can't out on remember, Zero right? Records. I could see it. I yeah, should have uh, should have dug it out. Freshed <laughs> up on a little he, bit. Yeah, Matt Slevin's. <laughs> he was in uh, Advance. Yep. Uh, he did cut a couple of great records with them, but this was all after. This was more earlier on, right? Um, I well, it's this is nineteen ninety two now, and the album that they record with him is just a self titled album, just called Treat. And I, I mean, and I think we talked about this earlier. It, it, it was a total departure, right? I mean, I know the times were changing in, especially in the U.S., but you would think they were a little more isolated in, in Sweden and Europe and stuff, but. It, it, what, what were your thoughts on this album? I mean, I, I know we don't... Never like warmed it, up to it. Um, I, I was massively disappointed in it when it came out. I think over the years, I actually um, had a spirited conversation with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Kieran. Right. Who's a huge fan of this, by Kieran, the way. Kieran Dargan? Yes. Okay. He's a very big fan of this album. We had a, a spirited, uh, respectful exchange about this album. Okay. <laughs> and... Um, 
having a lot of respect for him, who I know for a long time, I, I actually dug this out and I said, you know what, I, I, I probably missed something with this. And I listened to it again and had the same feeling about it. I, I, I don't like Levin's vocals on this. He has a, a little bit of a gruff yes. approach to his singing at times anyway, which I, I don't mind because he's a very talented singer. Right. But he's overly gruff at times. And I, I just, I didn't like the songs on it. I don't like him in this band. And quite frankly, uh, without Robert singing, it's it's not treat. It's, yeah. You know, it's like, he's a signature singer. Right. It's, uh, it's taking Joey Tempest out of Europe. It's yeah, taking John Bon Jovi right. out of Bon Jovi you know, in I mean, a way. Yeah. Th- this band, oh, oh, the original guys were upheavaled anyway. So even though as much as I liked all, all you know, Apple, Grin, and, and, and Borger, they weren't original members. And, and you really had the combination of Wickstrom and, 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 and Robert. And I, I didn't like the idea that they called a treat with yeah. only one original member left in it. And I didn't like Le- Levin being in the band. I didn't think he was a fit. I didn't particularly like the songs. No. I, I did go back to it as recently as a few months ago, and I still have the same feeling about it. Uh, it kind of leaves me cold. Well, interestingly enough, uh, they record this album in 1992, release it. It doesn't really have a lot of success, but the band did, I guess, record some additional tracks, and maybe, I don't know if these were new sessions or what, but in 1993, they put an album, well, they didn't put an album out, it was a bootleg, basically, right? Um, Muscle in Motion, with Matt Slevin on vocals, right? Right. And the songs were much better. <laughs> I mean, for what they are, it's it's a bootleg. Thought, yes. It's, 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 you know, it's whatever, it's leftover tracks or whatever. I, I agree. I mean, totally. I think the songs are way better on this album, and that's only like a year removed from from the Treat 92 album. So I don't know what happened there, but... And it depends on where these songs are actually came from. I was always under the impression when this came out, I had I had read that this was a second album that was shelved. Right. When, when I was speaking to our, to our mutual friend about uh, this on Facebook, he said that they were songs that did not make the grade for the actual release of the Treat self-titled. So... I, I don't know whether that's the case. I, I mean, he, he seemed to know what he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I did remember reading at the time that this was a shelved record. So it, it could be a combination of both. It was another 10 tracks. Yeah. It was released as a quasi uh, bootleg of sorts. Uh, and and the, the proof in the pudding in that is they had the wrong lineup on the front cover. Yes, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Featuring <laughs> the wrong singer in the band. Right. But uh, I agree with you. I like these songs better. They were more in the treat direction. I like the way um, Levin sang better on this album. And uh, if I had to pick one of the two, the, I would prefer the bootleg over yeah. the actual uh release yeah no i agree with that for sure well what you said and and, you know and it might have made sense because you think about this this is 1992 going into 93 and obviously grunge was kind of big at that point full swing i mean in america i mean i know like i said i don't understand you know but i i think in europe it was it's had an influence and so maybe what they thought was like you know like you said it's if if it's true right and these songs from the muscle in motion album never made the cut Mm -hmm. from the the 92 treat self-titled album that might make sense because they do sound different they're more melodic yes, or, you know. Absolutely. So maybe that's, they were like, all right, you know, the, the times are changing, you know, we got to go with a little bit of a different sound. So right. these songs get pushed to the side 
and then somebody somewhere, you know, comes up with these out songs. Yeah, I mean, I guess puts uh, them out as a you bootleg. Know, if we were able to, uh, with the time change and everything, ever try to get Mr. Wickstrom on the the phone, we could ask him because he's always been the the main guy in the band. Uh, it's to me, it's remained a mystery as to whether these was shelved songs, were a full album, whether they re recorded before the official release or right. after. But it was put out there. Anybody who's a fan owns this. Uh, it was put out as a shelved second record, so that's why we're we are addressing it because, as far as we're concerned, it was ten songs presented in a you know yeah a, as as a full piece. And um, no, it's I don't know how I don't know how accessible this bootleg still is. It was on a, a bootleg label that we knew of at the time called Metal uh, Rendezvous. Right. Uh, it is a silver press that disc, which makes it a little bit more uh, authentic. Yeah, hey, you know what? You can go out on uh, YouTube, and I think the whole album's out there in, in one uh, Is it? Yeah. one thing. Yeah, I think so. If anybody doesn't have it and they, they can't track it down, you know, check it out that way. Uh, but the band basically goes on hiatus at this point. You know, the times are changing. Uh, they didn't have a lot of success with the new singer. So the band kind of just goes away. And it wasn't until 2010, right, that the band comes oh, yeah, back it together. It was a long time, 1993 to 16, 16 years. 17 years, yeah. yeah. And 2010, they come out with what might be one of the greatest sort of comeback albums, if you want to call it that, uh, from a band of this, this style. Uh, Coup de Gras comes out in 2010. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Coup de Gras? Flawed when it came out. I don't think anybody expected this album to be this good no not and not, not 16 not 17 years they later. were in a band that had a a pedigree where people were you know when i when i saw that it was the classic lineup i, I my expectations were were pretty high i i didn't think it would be something that could possibly be the best record they ever did or or right up there i i was flawed with an, another album that had tremendous production on it yes. similar to um organized crime this album is so good that the Japanese bonus track, Turn the Dial, mm -hmm. is probably like a, a, a nine, eight or nine type of a song. Wow. It didn't yeah. even make the album. I, I could just, you know. The interesting with the thing with this album was it, it had a lot of that um, organized crime type of songwriting. But it did have some songs that started to push in the direction of what their later release would become yeah you know songs like skies of uh, magnolia and then you had stuff you know like paper tiger i and, love that song uh, paper oh Tiger's yeah all in song. all in is a real you know like you know late late 80s hard rock song where the, the first war time is over hear, war um, is over yes yeah, so like roar. stuff like war, war is, is over and, and skies of mongolia. mongolia yeah you could see like that little bit of progress progressive elements in some of those songs yeah well, it's interesting, too, because when we, we talked about and we're comparing them because obviously two Swedish bands, but you're talking about we talked about Europe a little bit ago. And that, that's a band, too, when you think about their early output yes. and then they had the long break and then they come out and and their more current, you know, stuff from 2004 onward is, is totally different right. than what they did early on. And it's almost the case kind of with Treat also. Right. They they kind of had more of that. Oh, yeah. That and, and, melodic we'll, hard we'll talk rock about hair band, releases but, we get into them. They had some that were maligned too, like the next release by people that I, I, I think they wet, had wet people's appetites so much with uh, Coup de Gras that a, a lot of people took exception to the fact that they didn't really continue on with that and 
their songs definitely were more progressive on, yeah. on the following release. And and I remember the album came out, I had a lot of people that were disappointed. And I was not one of them by any stretch of the imagination. But Europe, like you said, has gone through that too. Yeah. You know, people are just clamoring and clamoring and clamoring for, you know, out of this world. Yeah. And when they don't get it, they're unhappy and don't listen to what the artist is actually doing. Well, it took them a while because the, the comeback with Coup de Gras is 2010, but it was, wasn't until, what, six years later that yeah. uh, Ghost of Graceland comes out. And I actually was lucky enough to, I saw the band live you in America the, here. The time they've ever played 2018, them. I think it was the only U.S. show they've ever the played. Show. And uh, it was funny because that they, they hadn't released their their then-to-be-new album at that point, which came out in 2018, which we'll get to in a minute. But I guess they were kind of playing the uh, the set list that they were doing on that Ghost of Graceland right. tour. So I got to see that. And so I got a good chunk of Ghost of Graceland songs in there. And and it was interesting. I mean, I'm I'm really happy that I got to see the band oh, live, yeah, you know? That's great. Because um, I'll probably never have a chance to see them live again. So, uh, But I, I like the album, and I, I thought the songs came across live really well. Uh, Ghost of Graceland, the title track's a great song. Um I, I don't miss the misery, uh, Inferno, uh, anything other I, I sticks bet, out to you. Better the Devil You Know is, I, I think, one of their top five songs. Yeah, um, that's, that is a good one, yeah. Do Your Own Stunts, I love. Mm -hmm. uh, Endangered, I love. Inferno. Alien Earthling is probably my second favorite song yeah. on the album. Nonstop Madness is really good. House on Fire. It, it's, it's a great great album i could understand why people don't like it so much because people want you know they want 10 different albums of organized crime but um uh, i don't if i have an artist that i like i do take the time to listen to what they're doing like you know oh we, we've said that about when we did the europe discography yeah. i mean you know we right. talked about that i mean obviously the band had the the you know the keyboard fluffiness stuff going on or whatever right. in in their first you know, period. And then when they came back and they regrouped, it's like some of the best stuff they've ever done. Absolutely. You know? And you know, I have this argument with, you know, people with Iron Maiden all the time that they just want, you know, the, the next uh, peace of mind and uh, they don't want to listen to what the guys are doing. And, uh, you know, that's, everybody's got different uh, ways of listening to music. Well, you said that in the past when we've talked about with some of the discographies we've done and, and you say, you know, here's a, a band, if they've had a long career, you know, you're, these guys are now maybe in their 50s, 60s and on. Yeah. And it's like you can't expect these guys to write something that they wrote 35 years ago right. when they were in their 20s right. or 30s, you know. So it's, I mean, music's it's, a very personal thing. And if you're a professional musician, what it takes to put an album together, I, can, I can't even fathom. Yeah. So like what, you know, like you look at where you've grown as a person in your 50s or your 60s. And think of where you were in your twenties. You're right. not that person. Exactly. I, you shouldn't be. I mean, right. you may have hold some the same core values, but I, I would think that you have matured from twenty to sixty. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, why you know? And not to say that the original music was immature. It's but if you listen to the first Treat album and listen to say Ghost of Graceland, there's a hell of a lot more going on on sure. Ghost of Graceland. Yep. And does it's not a knock on their first album, uh, but you know they've when I say matured it's you know their their songwriting is sure. is is different and they've matured as as human beings so that's why i just you know people want these bands to hang around forever but they also want them to write in the same way and it's kind of 
Yeah, it's unrealistic. Possible. It's not, and we've yeah. heard bands who have done that. And it's always a huge disappointment because, yeah. you know, they're writing to just please people and, you know, throw in whatever the signature phrases are and chorus right. are and guitar sound. And, you know. It's, it's it's novel and then it wears it, it, off real exactly. quick. You know, it's like exactly. you listen to it and you're like, oh, right. this is this right. is really cool. It right. sounds like they used to, but then it, it it's going to be something you're going to lose it interest in. It doesn't really right have away. the staying power. Where if you do, but you know, we live in a society now where everything's immediate. People don't want to listen to people don't want to what I call live with an album and maybe have to listen to it three times to say, hey, well, I'm starting to really like this a lot. People want to put it on and say, wow, it sucks or it's good and let me move on to the next thing. So everybody listens to music the way they want. And Well, that's like we talked about. It's 2016. Ghost of Graceland comes out. Um, the band, two years later, 2018, uh, shortly after I saw them live, they came out with a new album and, and it's it's called Tunguska. Yeah, I mean, that's how I would say it. I was never Tunguska. sure like the exact pronunciation of it. <laughs> Interesting title, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2018. What what are your thoughts on on Tunguska? Mm, I wanted to love it loads because I liked their 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 two previous albums tremendously, um, but I was a little underwhelmed by it. it. Some of it sounded like B sides from the the last album. You know, mm. like in the same writing mode, same right. sound, same but, style. Yeah. Um, I, we were talking about this before we went on the air with it. Me personally, I thought it only had one really outstanding song, which was Rosa Jericho. Right. But that was a great song. I thought it was as good as anything that was on their previous album. But there's a lot of songs that didn't move me at all. Best of Enemies, uh, Man Overboard, uh, Creeps. Yeah, I wasn't uh, a fan of Hot that. Hot Meth City. Yeah. It was all right. Um, Riptide. It, it was okay. It was definitely not a bad or a weak album, I would say. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. Well, it, no, it's interesting what you said, though, and I think that makes a lot of sense. It does sound like maybe they were leftovers. It almost you know, does. Like they're, what, they're in the same style. Because it had the same sound, same writing style, but like I found most of the songs weren't that good. Like when I say good, I have a very high standard for this. Yeah, they weren't as strong. That being said, this album is better than 90% of the things that probably came out at that time. That's how great these guys are. Yeah. So it's by no stretch, in my opinion, is it, it's just not up to the standard of definitely the, the last two albums since since their big return. No, I would agree for sure. I remember when they, when that album came out, they, the first single they released was uh, build the love. And I like the song a lot. It's it's you know right. it's kind of cool. I thought I was like, oh, this is good. They're going in that same direction as the previous album and the previous two albums. And and like I said, then I got it, and there was like maybe like three songs I think on the album. Progenitors, uh, is progenitors like is yeah, good. That's a good song. Um, that that and always have, always will. I yeah, that's liked. yeah. The, the 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 beginning of it was pretty good. I got of the first four songs. First few I tracks, liked, yeah. yeah. I like three of the four track four in particular i didn't think it really had the staying power after that right no i agree with that for sure some of those songs you mentioned earlier were towards the end of the album yeah and and they weren't that strong so then now that's 2018 and the whole reason like you said we're doing this particular episode right now is because we had had the idea to do this episode a couple months ago yeah probably in the winter time yeah but we knew they were coming out with a new album uh that ultimately ended up being the album that got released just last month right uh and it's called the end game so this is the brand new Treat album, the latest Treat album, and you've lived with it now uh, recently, and, and 
I just actually, I got it a couple, about a month ago, um, not long after it came out. And I, I got about halfway through the album, the first half of the album. And then I, I had some other things going on. I have a bunch of other albums I buy. So I, it kind of got pushed to the side, but I did listen to it over the last day or so. And I got through it a couple times. And, uh, so let's start with your thoughts on, on the end game. Outstanding, really outstanding album. I, I, I can't say enough about it. I, was thinking with the last album not being overly great and, you know, a follow-up, I was like, oh, you know, I hope it's not like the beginning of, you know, mediocrity for these guys. Uh, and as usual, they did not let me down. This album is incredibly strong. There's not one single weak song on the whole album. It yeah. really is. I, I would say every song on this album was like uh, between an 8 and a 10. Yeah, That's no, very well-written yeah. songs, cons- really? consistent quality throughout the whole album. Right, and, and again, it has song. kind of like reminiscent of uh, Coup de Gras. You know, it has some of those songs that are like those real signature treat songs from the late 80s, like Rabbit Hole, Freudian Slip. Uh, stuff like that that's real catchy and it yeah. does have its um, progressive elements also which I, I I like that they do but also they're a band that could write progressive but catchy also right is, that's their big signature I think right. is that catchiness right. they know how to write a right. song and, and get that it, hook in and that chorus and they can do it with a progressive element yeah which you know we know like only really great bands have been able to do that over the years because usually a lot of prog rock you know puts you to sleep but yeah the, the real Good prog bands like a Saga, for instance, um, were, were always able to write songs that kept you very interested. This album is 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 terrific. There's there's nothing I could say bad about it. The playing, uh, Robert's vocals are still terrific. Uh, the songwriting, the production, yeah, yeah, very 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 strong album. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I think, and it, it, the one thing I take away from this album when I compare it to even the previous album, Tunguska. Um, is that this album has a little more variety on it to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, songs like you mentioned, Rabbit Hole, uh, Home of the Brave, I think is a great song. Terrific. Uh, and there's a song on here, and we talked about this just a little bit before we started recording. Uh, there's a song by name of My Parade on here. And to me, in my first listen to it, I almost got a little bit of like a new country feel, especially in the guitar parts of it. Absolutely. We were it's talking about it before you know? we went on the air. Uh... Yeah, I, I agree. But it's it's very good. Yeah, and it's not good. quite a ballad. It's more of a mellow song, but it, it has, like to me, that, that almost new country sound. Songwriting, you know, they took four years in between this album. I think it shows. I, I think the previous album may have been a little rushed. Yeah. Um, it, it came out barely two years after the, the predecessor, yeah. which generally in recent years, they haven't been, you know, writing songs that quickly. Well, it's funny. Look at what happened with like like the band Europe, where we're paralleling in this through, through this whole discography discussion. But what happened there, right? They came out with the Great War of Kings, and then a follow up shortly Which thereafter. Came out very shortly after. Shortly after, was, and it again, was a real letdown. Them, and it was uh, not as not even remotely as strong. Right. So yeah, I, I you know some of these bands, uh, I you know for whatever reasons, if they're uh, kind of in a a hot mode. I don't know whether these labels push them to get something out, but I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I, it really. Um, it, it. I think the extra two years showed with the songwriting because the songwriting on this album was as probably as strong as any of their top records. Yeah. Well, that that pretty much ends our uh, our discussion of the 
discography of Treat. And as we always do in all these episodes, uh, did you make your list up? You got your uh, yeah, I have the list. Ten? I was just going to throw in there if anybody doesn't have it. They, there is a uh, greatest hits of sorts called Weapons of Choice. Oh, yes. Yeah. That had three uh, songs on it that are not on any other album. So if you're a maniacal uh, completist like <laughs> I am, you you would want this if, if you're not so much. You're right. Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting point because yeah, Weapons of Choice was actually the album that came out in two thousand and six, and that was kind of the precursor to, for the band to get back together right, exactly, again. Right. Yeah, I had two new songs, and two I, new I believe songs an, an older song track yeah. from the eighties that was never on CD before. Yeah, I guess it, it did well enough that the band said, "Hey, let's give us." You know, and I go. remember reading that this was done as kind of like a um, dipping their toe in the water to see like the interest. Okay, you know, yeah. like they were recording. Two new songs. Anybody remember us? Anybody right. still interested? Anybody still want to hear us? And the response was was very good, and that's what uh, forged them ahead. Yeah. So uh, we'll do our our list of uh, one through ten or ten through one, however you want to do. Do you want to start off? Uh, yes, I'll start. I I do like to start one through ten, even though some uh, we talked about this a while yeah. ago. We gotta we gotta build up the the you know. Yeah, you know what? All right, I'll I'll do reverse. <laughs> I'll start with ten. Uh, is Treat Self-Titled from 92 with uh, Matt Levins. Uh, as I expounded, uh, it's it just a record that just never resonated with me. Uh, number nine, uh, Scratch and Bite. You know, their, their infancy, um, their first album. Um, number eight, Tunguska, uh, which, again, not a bad record, but when you're dealing with a band that's as strong as them, some... Some of, some of these records have to hold up the bottom end. Number seven uh, was Muscle in Motion, the other Matt's Levin album uh, <laughs> that we talked about, whether it was an official album or a compilation of songs that weren't released. We're not sure, but I did like it considerably better than the official release that came out with Matt Levin. Uh, that's number seven. Number six, uh, Pleasure Principle. Terrific album. But again, you know, now you're starting to work into the meat and potatoes of this band. So uh, Pleasure Principle is six. Uh, number five is the aforementioned Endgame. Same thing. Great record. But, you know, everybody can't be one. So number <laughs> four is uh, Dream Hunter, uh, a, a mega classic of, of its time. And again, like I had expounded when we spoke, it has four of their real, real classic songs. Um, and the whole album is just uh, terrific. So that's number four. Number three is uh, Ghost of Graceland, which no shocker how much I, I you know, love that album and some of the songs that are on it and the progressive elements on it. And number two is Coup de Gras, which could have easily been number one, but Organized crime is number one, so yeah. that's my um, that's my picks. There you go. Well, it's I, I as I'm listening to yours, comparing them to mine, as I'm looking at the list here, uh, we have some similarities, and then you know a little bit of variety too. Uh, for me, I'll start, and it was the same as you. Uh, number ten is the Treat 1992 album with Matt Levin. Uh, number nine is Scratch and Bite, the debut. Uh, number eight is the uh, the quasi bootleg uh, Muscle in Motion. Uh, number seven is Tunguska. Uh, number six is Ghost of Graceland for me. Uh, number five is the brand new album, The End Game. Uh, number four is Organized Crime. Number three is The Pleasure Principle. Uh, number two is Dream Hunter. 
And for me, number one is coup de gras. Now, and I mentioned this to you, um, I could go, if you talk to me tomorrow, I might tell you number one is Dream Hunter and number two is coup de gras. So it, it, it right, could change. It's, it's that close. Would, yeah, so yeah. I, 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 mean, I just kind of went that way. Uh, this is a band that had some real magic albums. So it's, you know, like even, like I was saying, stuff that ho is holding up the rear end, it's not that they're bad. It's just that, you know, there's only so many ones and twos you could pick. Exactly. Well, I like that we both kind of, we had a good mix, you know? I mean, it yeah, wasn't I mean, predominantly, like, it's this, it's kind of the, the same thing, it probably except yeah. for organized crime, you know? No, I, but I, I like the way that we mixed up right. new, new and old, you know? Yeah. It wasn't oh, yeah. like, it wasn't well, like we took you know, the, the first the three albums Europe, and put them Europe, as one Europe, through three. And that's a sign of a great band. Yeah. That's a sign of a great band that, you know, like from 1985 to 2022, you don't have like a, a discography say, well, that, the old stuff was great. The new stuff is not really right. good or, yeah. you know, they weren't good back then, but they're great now. They, that's a sign of a good band where you could mix in, you know, uh, an album from the 80s and the, the album right after that you like the most was recorded 30 years later. Right. No, I, that I like. I like that. And like you said, that to me, that's a sign of a great band. So, so uh, that was our episode on Treat. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. And uh, we'll be back with a new episode uh, real soon. But uh, let us know, you know, your thoughts. We'll, as we always do, we're going to post up uh, Tom and I. Uh, we're going to put our top 10 albums up and we'll list them on the Facebook page. And uh, we want you guys to chime in. Let us know what your thoughts, you know, what your your top album. You want to do one through 10 or you want to do just your first or your top album or whatever. Let us know. And uh, we'll be back with a new episode soon. So we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Bye.